Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Radio you can touch. This is the Bob and Jeff Show, starring Bob Lutz. Who the hell are you? I'd rather go down to the barber shop. And ask a guy about ready to get his hair cut, what the urgency's like. Lord knows we need family now more than ever. Jeff Lutz. I just don't want to indulge you in, I'm the greatest thing in the world every time we're on the show. I'm not going to do that. You're unbelievable. Judas. 97.5 in 1240 KFH. It's showtime, baby. You'll go wacko, bananas, nuts, crazy, unbelievable. Are you ready? Let's go! Hello, everybody. It's a Friday edition of the Bob and Jeff Show, KFH Radio. Bob Lutz, Jeff Lutz, your co-host, Max Power Producing Engineering. We're here till 4 o'clock today, and we've got a dandy show on tap for you. Jeff's in a great mood. Thank uh, you. What's the mood about? What mood? Oh, you seem to be in a good mood. I do? Yeah, you've been on your phone since you arrived, and that's usually a sign that things are... Things are happening for you. Not really. Kind of tired, but uh, we'll get through it. What did you find on your phone? Nothing. Didn't know I was looking for anything, to be honest. Uh, how Just many hours a day are you on your phone? Too many. What can we do about that? I don't know. Stop putting uh, the whole world inside of it, I guess. Yeah, because I get a note every Sunday about my time on my phone. And I'm, a, I'm an old man. There was a time in my life where I spent zero time on a phone. Those were the days. And when the, I didn't I didn't call anybody, I didn't worry about anything, I didn't I, I try to you know it's it's impossible to go back in time. You understand that. Yeah, I know. But I try to. Why? Well, because I try to remember what that was like. Just getting up and frolicking about your day and not having a phone in your pocket and 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 living life. You've had less of that, but you had some of that. I had plenty. Mm, phones came to being, what, in about 1990s, mid-90s? I didn't have one until probably 2003, four. That that area, I would say. Really? Yeah, I didn't have one. Like the first When I started at the Eagle for a year or two, I didn't have a phone. I think there's some connection between, and I'm not the only one who thinks this, so it's not like I've had this epiphany. But I do agree that there's a connection between how wired in we are and how dumb we are and how disconnected we are. Does that make sense? Yes. We're wired into our phones, but we're disconnected from everything else. 
And I think it's a bad thing. And I think if everybody just went down to the river and threw their phone in it, we'd probably be better off. Agree or disagree? Then what would we do? We'd have to interact. We'd have to, we'd have to figure it out again. I often said, and I did say this, and I think I'm right. Had the printing press come along after the technology that allowed us to disband newspapers, I think we would have been uh, we would have marveled at, oh my God, we can we can print this, we can hold it in our hands, we can actually uh, read some of it and put it aside until later, and on a daily basis, it's delivered to our home. We can do this. Oh my God. I can't believe it. I don't know. I do know. Some guy writing something down on a piece of paper and driving it around on a bicycle, that does not seem like uh, it's advanced technology. Doesn't, do we have to have advanced technology well, in every way? That's what you're implying, that that would have been just a, a marvel. The of, printing press would have been just a marvel. The printing press was a marvel uh, two centuries ago or whenever. But wasn't that more, better? More than that. Wasn't it better? There's no better or worse. Do we need immediate news all the time? Do we need to be pounded with it? Well, every, hour is, after hour, day after day. Do every, we need it? I'm not going to participate in it. You, it was better in my day because everyone says that it's a cliche. It, it's it just doesn't mean anything. I'm not saying that. If you grew I'm up saying the, this aspect of life was better. No, this communication in life was better when you had to call somebody and you and and no one answered what do you do can't text them go to email them you just say well i'll try later didn't think a thing about it well nobody answers their phone now yeah nobody answered because they see who's calling so there's no phone conversations unless they want to answer it's all texting that's all it is that's all the world is now well snapchat I don't do Snapchat. Younger, younger folks. I don't do Snapchat. Send Snapchat. Do you do it? Send, send Snapchat videos back and forth. Does your daughter do it? Yeah. Well, what do you think of that? Mm. It is what it is. Like I said, it's not something that I would do, but every generation has their thing, and every generation moves forward one way or the other. Yeah, I got, I got you. I mean, it's just... I don't know. I don't know. It's. I guess we just like to uh, reminisce Let's about use stuff. A, I'm going to use League 42 as an example. In the year 2023, I can communicate through Facebook, through email, and through text with our families, right? I have those yeah. three options that are the, the most usable. Uh, and I do it often, and we do it often. That's how we communicate. In the day, how would we have done that? Well, how did... Uh, We'd have had to have called everybody. Isn't that what you did when you were a coach at West Irvin? I mean, I know that was on a smaller scale, but you called our parents, right? Yeah, I had to call them, I guess. I don't remember. Uh, I'm sure I called. I, if that was 20 people, this is 400. That's why I said. It's a smaller scale, but cer- uh, certainly someone was running the league. And had to communicate with a lot of people. Communicate with coaches, I guess. Yeah. I don't remember how that worked. Uh, there was email, right? I don't know. 
When did email come out? In that in that area, late nineties is when it kind of became widely accessible. Well, I'll say this: had like Prodigy and stuff, and AOL. Where yeah, you I remember that Prodigy. What I mean, that thing was ridiculous. Prodigy was awesome. Was it? Yeah, I don't remember it being awesome, but maybe it was. It was. Um, I know now that our lives are, I don't know, easier in some ways. We can communicate, uh, I guess, more easily. Although it's strange, we have all this ability to, co- to communicate, and there's less intimacy in communication than ever. I don't get it. Where did this come from? Because you didn't even finish running down the show. Was it based off of some guests that you... Nah, my, my mind's always churning. Start over, because I don't remember who the first guest was. Or Here's whatever. what we have on tap today. Paul Sullentrop, WSU Communications. He recently did a series of podcasts on uh, new AAC members talking to people uh, about those schools. And I'm curious to know what he, glean- what he gleaned from Wouldn't that. Wouldn't you say podcasts have made your life better? I don't listen to many podcasts. Why not? Don't I don't have the patience. You don't have to have patience. That's the whole thing. I listen to you Cardinals listen to podcast. Ten minutes here, fifteen minutes there. I listen to Bernie Miklas and Will Leach uh, break down the Cardinals. Uh, that's about it. I used to listen to some. I, I don't listen to many. I got a lot going on, man. I, I, don't, I know you lot. don't realize. Everybody's it. got a lot not, going on. Not really. Yeah, everybody does. If you can listen to podcasts, you don't have that much going well, on. Well, I drive. And I'm not, I don't want to listen to a podcast when I drive. Well, okay, then don't. I want to hear music. I want to tap my toes. Music that you've heard a thousand yeah, times. Yeah, I like music. That you've heard a thousand I times. I don't care. I like I like listening to music. Mm, okay. That's what I like to do when I drive. Nothing wrong with that. At 2.45, Barry Trammell from the Daily Oklahoman. It's been a while since we talked to Barry. We'll catch up on uh, all things OU and Oklahoma City. Look forward to that. At uh, 3 o'clock, we'll do the Bob and Jeff draft. Left-handed pitchers in the modern era since 1950, we'll say. that kind Almost of World War II kind of thing. Kind of fits the modern era. And then at 3.40, our guest for five questions Wichita singer and actress Jaslyn Alexander, who performs uh, locally at uh, several venues. All over the place. Uh, Mosley Street Melodrama, I believe. That's uh, tonight. They're finishing up one of their well, uh, we don't tax her voice productions. Well, she said she could do it, so. You know, singers like us, uh, Jaslyn and me, we don't like to do a lot of talking on the days we perform. Well, is that why you talk every day? That time I opened for Eddie Money, didn't say a word all day. Well, that was the that was your one shot. Don't you wish you could say that? Not really. Oh, that bothered you. I could tell. No, it uh, it I, bothers me that you you uh, even think to have it, the nerve to put yourself on the level of a professional singer. But that's you. And uh, well, I did open for Eddie Money. Well, you have to beg somebody to do it. No, I didn't have to beg at all. Well, yeah, I don't think Eddie interacted with you. So what? So usually the headliners interact with their openers and thank them and say, good job. Oh, really, they do. Get the crowd hype for me. Uh, Maybe Eddie hung around. I left. 
You didn't watch Eddie Money? No, I watched a, I watched a couple songs, but then we went down. Uh, we went down to the anchor. All right, hung out there. What do you think? And I know you don't spend as much uh, time thinking about this as I do, but I still want to know your opinion. What do you think the Eagles open with on this tour? You are so. <laughs> what happened? Well, I think about it a lot. Seriously, what happened? I mean, I get loving a band and music being meaningful, and I understand it. I do. I, I get it. But you've taken it to a level uh, that's beyond anything I've ever seen. Okay. And that's great. But it, I guess it's great. But a week ago, you were asking me if art has ever moved me. Uh, and now I'm sharing with you that it obviously has. It's moved you. Uh, so I just want your opinion on that. What they open with. Yes. Well, they've opened with a bunch of different songs. I know. If well, they do it right, they'll open with Take It Easy uh, because that's the first song that put them on the map. Uh, so that's what I hope they open with because that's what they opened with back in the day. Uh, the first time I saw them at, at, the, uh, at Levin Arena, that's the song they opened with. You sure? Yes. Okay. Because I can look that up. Well, go ahead. Look it up. It's not that I don't believe you. I just would have assumed they opened with Hotel California. They did not open with Hotel California. That song uh, was not even released at that time in the in I the late that. fall of 1976. They were still performing. They played it, and they said, this is from our new album. And nobody had heard it, so it wasn't like uh, we all knew what Hotel California was at that time. It was a new song. I understand. We knew Take It Easy. Well, Take It Easy, The Long Run, maybe. No, they won't open with The Long Run. They might close with The Long Run. Well, this says Hotel California opened the show and Take It Easy closed the show. That's wrong. In 1976. That's not accurate. Well, it's, maybe you just have a different memory of it. No, you, no I'm, I'm telling you. I don't, I don't know what website you're looking at. But the what, one that documents every single set list in the history of time. They would not have opened with Hotel California. It was a brand new song. They Doesn't don't matter. Out, and what they did in those days is they didn't just start playing. They first said, "We're the, Eagles, we're the from Eagles from Los Angeles, California," and then they went right into "Take It Easy." They didn't do Hotel California. They introduced it. November fifteenth, nineteen seventy-six. Wrong. Hotel California. New Kid in Town, Waste the Time were the first three songs. That's wrong. <laughs> I doubt it. But no, okay. it's wrong. Okay, well. I was there. But you are you just have an in, a, a incorrect memory, and there's nothing wrong with that. And that's the way it is. I mean, we, hadn't, we didn't even know Hotel California. Well, it doesn't matter. They were the biggest band in the world uh, about to release their biggest album ever, and they wanted people to hear it. When they, they introduced it, they had a, a they had a they had a, a conversation. We're when, putting out a new record. Here's when they when they put out Long Road Out of Eden. They opened with How Long. Yeah, because we'd all heard How Long. So that was November. It had been 70s. released as a single by that time. Okay, well here's another show from November 1976, uh, where we actually have audio, um, and. That show opened with Hotel California. Well, that's also. wrong. That's a, that's On a different November year. November 6th, 1976. Uh, that, that's completely uh, wrong. The Eagles are feeding you erroneous information. 
Well, maybe. So there you go. Um, how'd your team do last night? Did you hang on to beat the Royals? Hang on, we beat them six to one. Well, hang on. You got up. You were up five one when I when I uh, checked out. Yeah, a couple of homers. Tanner Bybee pitched okay, I guess. A lot of walks, but we've got the draft coming up in two days. I can't wait. Uh, I love I love the big league draft. Next year we're gonna have a high pick for the first time in a while, talking about the Cardinals. Most likely. Uh within the month, we think. The deadline is August one. Within the month, we expect the Cardinals to trade all kinds of people. In fact, we expect them to trade their three best pitchers. Jordan Montgomery, Jack Flaherty. And Jordan Hicks. What does that say about? Well, what if they don't? What we expected? I didn't say it's definitely going to happen. Okay, well, what will, how will you feel if only one or two or none well, of they those? They don't have a choice. They're all pending free agents. What's 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 the choice? The choice is, hey, we have no pitching uh, depth whatsoever. Let's keep these guys and use that small negotiating window we have with no. them, and at least try to bring back Montgomery. No. No, not not happening. Not happening. You're you're not going to bring back Montgomery. Or he's going to test the free agent Waters, uh, as is Flaherty and as is Hicks. They're not going to. You're not going to be able to sign them to a long term deal. So what you do is you trade them. And if you want to go back and revisit Montgomery, you enter the you enter the free agent market for him. I suppose. Right. They're not immune from well, you have making to, a bid. You have to do better than getting a draft pick, too. Well, they will do better. You assume they'll get a good, they'll get one or two good prospects for Jordan Montgomery. Uh, they'll get a good prospect for Jack Flaherty. They should get a good prospect for Jordan Hicks. Possibly. And then, if you are interested in any of those guys, you go and try to bring them back through free agency. But this year's a lost year. There's no reason to have them this year. Who would? Well, there's a reason that you have to fill out a pitching staff. Fill it out. Well, who who's who Bring else can some pitch? guys up from AAA? That's what they're there for. <sighs> there's nobody though, right? G- Gordon Graceffo, Michael McGreevy, both very, very good prospects. Are they both in AAA? They are. So bring them up. I suppose. I wouldn't bring Tink Hentz up. So you're looking at a rotation of Stephen Matz, Dakota Hudson. Not Dakota Hudson. Stephen Matz, Miles Michaelis, uh, Graceffo, Wainwright, if he can get back, P- potentially McGreevy, a potentially Libertor. Uh, you know, you, Rough shape. you fill it out. You don't care about this year. That's what teams that sell. Well, you care about development. That's what teams that sell, you ought to know this. You've been sellers much more often than the Cardinals. Uh, still not that much. You sold your soul in Cleveland. Not really. Well, you got nothing for it. Nothing for what? You never win. That's my point. I've I've enjoyed my time with the I know you have. You've convinced yourself that this is enjoyable. No, it is enjoyable. And that's what people are able to do. Winning a lot is fun. They convince themselves that having a winning record is fine. The Cardinals haven't won. They're 1-9 in their last postseason games. That's what we judge ourselves on. Okay, great. And the goal is to do much better than that. 
Oh, what if what if you're a Phillies fan? Are you happy? You're happy right now, yes. Well, they all they do is have a winning record. They lost last year in the World Series. They got a good team. They got to the World Series. You better be happy getting to the World Series. If you're not happy with a team that got to the World Series, something's wrong with. What you. if I'm an Orioles fan? Am I happy? You're happy right now. Happy now. Yeah, you see they things. They haven't won a World Series since what? '83. You, th- you see things starting to come together. You feel like that within. You got about a five-year window here where things ought to be pretty good. Should be. Well, you feel like you will probably get to But if they don't win a World Series, are they failures? If they get to a World Series, they've had a good run. Okay, well, Cleveland's been to three. Yeah, but Cleveland, you know. Well, I don't know. They haven't won since 1948. Uh, So it's hard for me to... Not that long ago. It's hard for me to say that Cleveland's in a good spot. We'll be all right. You know, part of me hopes they win uh, before your life comes to an, a close. Uh, part of me. Probably, probably 60%. 40% but there's that watch. 40% that, you, I don't know that you're, you're, you, I don't know that you're. Why would you uh, wish sadness on your only son? I don't well, understand Because I don't that. know, I don't think like, you. Why don't you want me to be happy? I don't think you appreciate it enough. Appreciate what? I don't know. I don't there's either. There's something off with you. When it comes to the Guardians. Not really. I have to think about it. I think I mean, it's pretty but straightforward. 60% of me wants you to win. Oh, thanks. That's so nice of you. Yeah, I think that's pretty cool. Okay. We'll uh, take a break, come back, talk with Paul Sullentrop from Wichita State Strategic Communications. I'm uh, extremely curious about the new American Athletic Conference, all the additions and the subtractions. Paul has a much better look into it. And we'll get his perspective next. Bob and Jeff, KFH. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. KFH.
from the summer of 1973. Joe Walsh, Rocky Mountain Way. Speaking of uh, opening for Eddie Money, that's the song that... Uh, yeah, I'm so glad we Max played that. Thank you, Max. We needed another reminder. <laughs> Paul Sonatrop joins us. Uh, Paul, welcome. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. I, I, you didn't respond to my suggestion that you camp out on a billboard to get the until the Eagles agree to come to play Wichita. That should <laughs> be right Jeff up your would alley. be the more likely to do that, and I would not put that past him. Well, whether they come to Wichita or not is not uh, really a concern because I know I'm going to see him many times elsewhere. Many times. Uh, it's a concern sad, for Paul. The rest I mean, of us, and it's a concern for the. For this city, for our for our self esteem, let's go. Let's not be so selfish. All, All right, right, my bad. I've I've made uh, I've made my request, so we'll see what happens. Speaking of uh, concerts, Paul, do you have any people going to Taylor Swift tonight or tomorrow? Uh, not that I'm aware of. I probably do, but nobody that I nobody that I know of got a big wedding, so we're going uh, we're going we're going to the wedding, not Taylor Swift. All right, big, a big wedding. Okay. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. You know, you did an Old interesting uh, series wedding. of pod. Okay. Well, good. You did an interesting series of podcasts on the new members of the AAC, um, and I'm fascinated by this because it is a big change. I, I hope Shocker fans are are ready because we're losing Houston, Cincinnati, Central Florida, and gaining uh, the six schools that uh, that you addressed in your podcast series. After talking it out with those people uh, and talking about the athletic programs that exist at North Texas, UTSA, um, Rice, UAB, Charlotte, and Florida Atlantic, pretty good off the top of my head. What's, uh, what are your thoughts, Paul? Well, I'd start by acknowledging, you know, you're losing those three is, uh, is, is, is a blow. You're not going to replace, I think, especially Cincinnati with the history that it had with Wichita State. Houston, obviously, had been so great in, in basketball over the years. Uh, so those are three, three good members, and, and they're off to the Big 12. So I guess if I were to sum up the additions, Rice is, is the outlier, being a smaller private school, but the other five are – you know, they're all similar, and it's clear the American went for big cities in the south and the southwest, which is where the, you know, it's where our country is growing. That's where people are, are moving to. So these are, for the most part, big schools, 30,000 enrollment. North Texas is 40,000 enrollment in big metropolitan areas. And so I think it's a bet on big cities. It's a bet on direct flights for teams to go back and forth. Uh, and just the the growing area of the of the country. So yeah, for schools like uh, Houston and Cincinnati, I guess maybe to a lesser extent Central Florida, being in the American is looked at probably as somewhat of a downgrade for where they even wanted to be at the time. Uh, but for the schools coming in, I would say it's it's an upgrade. So does that mean that they can increase their profile? Uh, as far as the, the major sports go, I guess we're talking mostly men's basketball. Uh, can they be better even than they were last year? Not that they'll get to Final Fours and stuff like that, but I just I just see these, these group of schools coming in and they're not being a huge drop-off outside of Houston. Um, and I don't know. Do you see it that way? 
they're definitely getting them at, at a good time for men's basketball. The Conference USA schools that are coming in were really strong last year. You mentioned Florida Atlantic with the Final Four, and then North Texas and UAB played in the NIT championship game. So they brought in you know some some good basketball schools. Uh, I think they're all they're all looking at this as an opportunity. Uh, I think the the, the people that I talk to, the television exposure is important to these schools. Uh, Charlotte mentioned they're playing on NBC one night in football. Uh, I think the television money is a step up. I think they see it as also connecting with some rivals that they're really excited about, like UAB and Memphis. I know Rice is, is thrilled to be in a conference with SMU. North Texas is excited to be in a conference with SMU. Uh, Rice really fits with Tulane and Tulsa. Uh, so you've got, from that standpoint, you've got some connections that I think these schools are making that they all feel like it's a it's a step up. Talking now with Paul Solentrop, Wichita State uh, Strategic Communications, about his recent uh, discussions with a lot of people, talking about the new schools coming into the American Athletic Conference. So men's basketball is obviously uh, the, the big one. Uh, how do you feel about the new AAC when it comes to men's basketball? And we don't need to mention that Houston, has, recently at least, has been a contender for the Final Four. Uh, Cincinnati, although down right now, certainly has a great basketball heritage. Uh, are there schools in this mix, Florida Atlantic being one of them that was just in a Final Four, uh, is that sustainable for a school like Florida Atlantic and what about the other five newcomers? Yeah, that would be the question because this is certainly, you know, uncharacteristic success for Florida Atlantic. They play in a pretty small gym. They have very little history of basketball success. So you would think they're going to have to, you know, really invest and, and it would not be easy for them to maintain even, you know, any, anywhere close to the Final Four. Just getting to the NCAA tournament on a regular basis would be something that school hasn't done before. And then the rest of them, you know, UAB has at times been a, a really strong basketball program. Charlotte at times has been a really good basketball program. And both of those not too long ago were did not have football. And so basketball for both of them was the introductory sport when they became Division One schools. And Charlotte went to the Final Four with Cornbread and Maxwell soon after it became a Division One school. UAB with Gene Bardo had a lot of success. So there's some basketball history there. Uh, North Texas has been pretty good for the last 15 years. Johnny Jones and Grant McCaslin both had some some success there. Uh, Rice and UTSA, they've got a long way to go in, uh, in, in basketball in both of those. So definitely uh, losing Houston, losing Cincinnati, even UCF under Johnny Dawkins had some, some really nice seasons. Uh, so I think they brought in some schools with some potential and some schools that have had some recent success, and we'll see about how they go about how well they sustain that success. Do you think, uh, you know, obviously the American wants to position itself as a strong football conference, but from the public's viewpoint in three to four years, do you think it will be known as a mostly a football conference, or do you think it will still, not still, I guess, but uh, be known as a uh, more of a men's basketball conference, and that's where uh, they'll have most of their success? Yeah, football is so important, and I think that's one of the things that you know I kept hearing over and over again or reading over and over again when looking at these schools is 
most of them have really invested in athletic facilities. You know, all the things we see, the training, the practice facilities, all those kind of things. And a lot of that is pegged to football. And that was no different with Houston and UCF. So I think football is really important at these schools. They're in Texas. They're in the South. Uh, that's where they're going to be putting a lot of their efforts. Uh, sometimes that has spillover effects into other sports, into into basketball. So I would think that uh, while like UAB with Andy Kennedy, they've had a, a really good run with him. I think some of those schools can be really strong in basketball, but uh, football continues to be very important at these schools. Paul Sullentrop, Wichita State Department of Strategic Communications. So we get our first uh, glimpse into this, and I don't want to take you through each individual sport to talk about what you think of the AAC, but I, I do want your thoughts on volleyball because uh, this week Wichita State released its schedule for the season. Chris Lamb trying to kind of uh, build that program back up. It obviously had some tremendous years under Chris Lamb. Uh, what do you see this conference uh, in volleyball? I think it can be a strong volleyball conference. Rice has been very good in volleyball. They're pretty much they're uh, pretty much a regular in the in the NCAA tournament. Uh, SMU has been good, so I would think those two would be maybe one and two in the preseason poll. Wichita State might be two or three. Uh, North Texas has had some good volleyball teams recently. So uh, you're losing. Uh, UCF had been very good in volleyball. Uh, Houston had been bad when Shockers entered the conference and then it had improved. Uh, Cincinnati had some very good teams two or three years ago. They had since slipped. So the volleyball loss is maybe not as damaging as it's in some of the other sports. And I think well, adding rice is, uh, is, is helpful for volleyball. So your overall message uh, seems to be hopeful that uh, this uh, this realignment, this restructuring, these new teams, uh, while maybe none of them rise to the level of a Houston or even perhaps a Cincinnati, uh, that, that it's going to be okay, that uh, we need to give it some time and see how it works out. Is that, a, is that an accurate assessment of what you're saying? Sure, yeah. I think hopeful, realistic, what, what the American lost. Uh, these are schools that uh, appear to be serious about it. They appear to be trying hard. Uh, they're all, and you know, the American is a group of similar schools. They're all trying to overcome, uh, you know, bigger neighbors, more established neighbors in, in each of these, you know, in each of these places, whether you're Rice and you're battling Houston and the University of Texas and the pro sports or your UAB and you know, your your relationship with Auburn and Alabama is always interesting, and Wichita State has the same thing going on in, in the middle of Big 12 country. So they're all kind of fighting those kind of those kind of battles, but a lot of them have had some significant successes, and it appears like they are trying to invest and trying to be serious about athletics. Uh, and I guess, I think, Bob, you and I have talked about this. If we've learned anything over the past few years, it's from a Wichita State perspective, what's most important is that how Wichita State is doing. You know, people will come, the fans will respond if you're winning, no matter who you're who you're playing. Uh, you know, we saw sellout crowds for years against in the, in the Missouri Valley, the Drakes and the Bradleys and the Southern Illinois, because the Shockers were really, really good. And when the Shockers were not as good, it didn't matter if uh, you know. Houston or Memphis were coming to town in the last couple of years. The crowds were not quite as big. 
Yeah, that's a good point. I I feel like there was some uh, some boredom uh, with the valley, and that's one of the reasons Wichita State left the valley. But yeah, yeah, people people came. People like to win. Before we let you go, Paul, I wanted to ask you about uh, the celebration of the 2013 Final Four team coming up on the 22nd, uh, two weeks from tomorrow out at Mark Arts. Uh, you were the beat writer, obviously, for the Wichita Eagle covering that team. Uh, what's Give me a couple memories of, of, of being the beat writer and being with a team that, that went to a Final Four. I mean, that doesn't happen very often, so... What are a couple of your most vivid memories of that time? I think the most fun part for me was coming back into Wichita in between the rounds and just seeing how much everyone, all the fans were invested, just having a great time, whether that was hearing about setting off fireworks or watching people line up for T-shirts or just the, you know, just the, the buzz in the community when we came back from Let's see, it started in Salt Lake, and then we came back, and then started, and then went to L.A., and then came back, and then went to Atlanta. It was just, it was a lot of fun to see all the fans, and especially the Shocker fans who, you know, had, had stuck with the program and had been there through the through the 90s when things were tough, and then had really invested in the program in the 2000s to renovate the arena and pay salaries and do all those kind of things. So it was, it was really good to see that. Um, I guess... Uh, typing, I, I can remember typing the words, Wichita State is one win away from the Final Four, uh, that, those kind of things, and thinking, boy, as much as I thought Wichita State would be successful in basketball, I'm not sure I ever thought I would be typing those, those words into a, into a computer. So it was a lot of fun, and it was good to see the, the community really enjoy that, that season so much. And we uh we shared some texting at times when Austin Reeves was playing uh, collegiately at Oklahoma. Uh, do you have any final parting words about what Austin Reeves is doing in the NBA? Yeah, what a great story! <laughs> and I would stand up and say I I did not expect that. Um, I thought he was a obviously a really really good basketball player at Wichita State, uh, and but I thought his I thought his shoulder. Both of his shoulders may hold him back a little bit, and I was—I I thought, you know—I would have said with Fred and Ron, I wouldn't have said they were surefire NBA players, but I said I would have said I think they would both get a really good shot at it and have a really good chance. Fred has succeeded more than I, what I thought, so I, I wasn't surprised to see those two in the NBA. Nor Landry, uh, I'm surprised to see Austin in the NBA, and boy, what a what a credit to him and Kyle Linstead who recruited him when not very many people were were for Wichita State. All right. Good stuff, Paul. We appreciate it. Thank you. You bet. Bye. See you. Paul Sullentrop joining us to talk a little shockers. Uh, Barry Trammell joins us, sports columnist for the Daily Oklahoman. How many years now, Barry? Are you there, Barry? Yeah, Bob, here we go. Here we go. There we 32, go. 32 years at the Oklahoma and been writing a column about 27, 28. You don't look a day over 40. Amazing. I got, I, I, hey, my gray hair is 40 years old, Bob. Dang near. <laughs> uh, I hear you. So let's start out talking about the Sooners. They are picked. Uh, we saw the 
the preseason picks come out, at least from the media, still waiting for the coaches. Uh, but Oklahoma f- uh, picked to finish third, which would be a nice step up from last year. But is that enough to satisfy the natives? Uh, no, probably not. Uh, making the title game would be really good um, for Brent Venables. Um, Ten wins in the regular season would would probably be enough to keep everybody semi-happy. Um, the problem he's got, it's actually a blessing, but the problem he's got, um, Oklahoma has the easiest schedule in its history. I mean, the schedule is incredibly easy. The Sooners, get this, Bob, the Sooners play six games against teams that were not in a Power 5 conference last season. Six. Wow. And on top of that, they don't draw the Wildcats who always give them fits and, you know, might be the favorite in the Big 12. So it's an incredibly easy con. It's an, it's an easy schedule. No reason why, you know, even a, a mediocre team should win seven or eight games. A good team should win nine or ten. So the, the, everything's set up for Brent to have a lot of success in year two. So, you know, obviously uh, some of those non Power Five uh, opponents will be schools coming over from the American. Um, not many of those pick too high in the league. So, if it is Texas and Kansas State and Oklahoma, if that uh, stays true to form and those are the top three schools, would you call that a top heavy Big 12? Would you say there's a, a gap maybe between at least Texas on paper and, and everybody else? Or uh, how are you looking at that uh, at least to start the season? No, I think it's really wide open. I think Texas is getting picked because there's not a a, a top-heavy team or an elite team in the league. I mean, this is a program that's either fifth or sixth in the cumulative standings since 2009. Uh, this is a, a team that's uh, in two years under uh, Steve Sarkeesian is what 13 and 12, uh, a program that underachieves. Now, there are reasons to like Texas. They do have a lot of players back, and they lost some close games last year. And some year they do have to win. I mean, it's, you know, the the physicists will tell us that. But look at what's happened to our league here. It's become the bastion of parity. Six different schools have made the Big 12 title game the last three years. We have no idea who's going to win. Last year we had K-State and TCU in the title game. I think, let me think, were they picked fifth and eighth, I think, or fourth and seventh? Uh, Fifth and eighth, fifth and eighth. Uh, The year before, OSU and uh, Baylor picked fourth and seventh in the league. So it's just uh, we don't know what's going to go on in this league. And um, it's it's wide open. Any any number of teams, I think, could win it. I actually think somebody like Central Florida might could jump in there and and challenge in their first year in the league. Texas Tech's a dark horse. TCU made the dang national championship game last year. So I think there's a lot of, I think there's a lot of teams that could say, Hey, we can stake a claim to this. Uh, K-State, you know, like I said, probably at the top of the list. Barry Trammell, our guest uh, from the daily Oklahoma. And you mentioned that this is a weak schedule for OU and, and you're right. 
a year before they go to the SEC where they will never have a week schedule again in that uh, football conference. So how would you as a Big 12 person, if you were, perceive this change, this realignment? Because to me it looks like football is still going to be, you know, you still got your TCUs and your K-States and your Texas Techs and your Oklahoma States. But what the Big 12 has done is become a mega superpower basketball conference, in my mind. Does that have any place in the uh, in the year 2023, 2024? Is that meaningful anymore? I, well, it is to a decent number of people. I don't know that it – I think on campus the impact or the import is is hit and miss. Um. The truth of the matter is they don't really care about basketball at Oklahoma and Oklahoma State near as much as they used to. You remember the the glory days of Billy Tubbs slash Kelvin Sampson and Eddie Sutton. They don't really care that much about it anymore, Um, even uh, even despite with some great teams. I mean, Don Kruger was in the Final Four in 2016, but it just, you know, the the impact of conference realignment when we were told and it was hammered into our head, football is king, football rules the roost. That actually took root in a lot of places, um, but not in Lawrence, not in Ames, um, probably not in Manhattan, although I'd let somebody else say that one way or the other. Um, but it's definitely uh, among the fan bases. Sure. I mean, you know, if 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 my team made the Final Four, I thought it, I would think it'd be the greatest thing of all time. If they won the national championship like Baylor and Kansas did, I would I would fly the flag as high as I could. So, I think it just a, it, it's just a uh, situational thing. Um, but clearly, overall, basketball is not as big to the culture of college sports and probably to the fan bases as big as it was in 1984 or 1995 or 2006. So how soon are, are we going to start uh, uh, sewing up those Oklahoma City NBA championship banners? Uh, not that it's to that level quite yet, but that's, uh, that's a team on the rise, right? They get Chet Holmgren back. Uh, they have a superstar in Shea Gil- Gilgis-Alexander. What do you think of their immediate uh, outlook? That's a quicker rebuild than anybody thought was coming, right? Yeah, it's been great. You know, we really suffered through two bad seasons, two tanking seasons. Last year, the Thunder rises up, has a really good year, uh, makes the play-in tournament, wins a game in the playoff tournament. So, uh, in the play-in tournament, so um, yeah, so the Thunder is blessed with a with an, a superstar in SGA and a bunch of really good young players that could develop into stars. Whether it's Jalen Williams from Santa Clara, whether it's Josh Giddy, um, whether it's Chet Holmgren, this is a team with a bright future. Now, immediately they're still not you know as far as I know they could take a step back in in the twenty three twenty four season. The West is so loaded. There might be only one tanking team in the West this year, and that that's Portland. Everybody else trying to win, it's hard to it's hard to mount a lot of victories in that situation. So Thunder might not even make the playoffs this coming season. But you know, down the road, year after this, or particularly the year after that, 
the Thunder's primed because they do have all that talent and they do have a bunch of assets with draft picks. If they get to a place where they're in pretty good shape, they could they could jump into a, uh, a trade situation with one of these guys that come on the market every three or, you know, three a year, uh, whether it's, whether it's a Lillard or a Pascal Siakam or whoever it might be uh, in the next two years. So yeah, the future is very bright with Oklahoma city. NBA titles are hard to win. Oh my goodness. They're hard to win. So nothing's assured. They didn't win one when they had Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook, but I think uh, they're certainly going to be in the pool of candidates to win uh, here uh, over the next five, six years. Final moments with Barry Trammell, sports columnist, Sedalia, Oklahoma. And we all really like Brent Venables, the outgoing guy, great assistant coach for, for many years in college football. Uh, stubbed his toe a little bit last year in his first year as the Oklahoma head coach. Where do you think, Barry, this, this football program is positioned now a year out from entering uh, the Lions' den in the SEC? Well, they've been recruiting well. Brent's done an excellent job recruiting. Um, I guess my only question about Venables and his future is, does he does he realize the changes? Does he understand or is he committed to the changes that have undergone the sport in the last three or four years? Um the import of the portal, the uh, the uh, changing nature of NIL, you know, and, uh, I assume he does. He preaches uh, continuity. He preaches, uh, you know, relationships, all those things. But the truth of the matter is you win by getting players, and the way you get players today is you pay for them. So, you know, I, I think in his heart of heart, Brent knows that. But, um, you know, nobody's going to feel sorry. Nobody in Ames or, or Manhattan or Stillwater or, or Waco or anywhere is going to be sit around and feel sorry for Oklahoma if, if the Sooners don't do well in the portal or don't do well with NIL. Uh, because if they don't, it's their own fault. They've, they've had uh, all that tradition, all, all, that, uh, all those resources that are unavailable to most of their opponents. But they definitely have to take advantage of that. And when they get to the SEC, they're going to be playing a lot more teams that have similar resources. So I think Brent's got to embrace the new, the new age. Uh, we all have to. It's not going back. It's just the way it is. So to me, that's the, that's the main thing in, in my mind about Brent and his coaching, his, uh, his coaching tenure here. All right, this is the last question. I'm just so enamored by this move that Oklahoma's making. Uh, on November 4th, Oklahoma will play in Stillwater uh, against Oklahoma State. What's that atmosphere going to be like? What is, what is that week going to be like in the state of Oklahoma? Oh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be insufferable week, for crying out loud. You're going to have all the... <laughs> You're going to have the Sooners uh, acting all high and mighty, like uh, we're finally leaving you guys behind where we should have done it a year, you know, centuries ago. You're going to have the Cowboys saying, "Good riddance, we don't need to play you." Uh, I do think the game will be fantastic in terms of emotion. I have no idea how good either team will be, what the status is, but it, I assume it'll be the rowdiest crowd in Boone Pickens' history, 
and frankly, they've they got they've got really good crowds in Stillwater. They get into the games and go crazy, and I I assume this will be the best ever as they try to send out the Sooners with a loss. You know, if uh, you know, there's no scheduled Bedlam games unless it unless the programs change their mind, particularly in Stillwater, we're not going to have any any more Bedlam. So if if the Cowboys can win this, they, that means they would go out having won two of the last three in the series that they've been dominated in, but you win the last one and you got bragging rights for a long time. Good stuff. I always enjoy visiting with you. We always enjoy it. Thanks, Barry. We, uh, we'll talk to you soon. Hey, thanks, Bob. All right. Barry Trammell from the daily Oklahoman. One of my uh, favorite guests. I always enjoyed talking with Barry. Good guy. Uh, we will be back. We will uh, pick the Bob and Jeff draft left-handed Starting pitchers. No, not, not necessarily. Not necessarily. Is you want to go with pitch. relievers? Well, you Left-handed picked, uh, pitchers. You picked Mariano Rivera in our right-handed. Uh, since draft. 1950, the category for the Bob and Jeff draft. That's next. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 